Noon straight up here on Gresham Fourier. Day be- or excuse me, the day before the day before Thanksgiving. I tried to move us ahead. I really did. Oh, man. Time to talk to Tom Curran. He's brought to us by Dr. Matthew Lapresti and Leonard Hair Transplant Associates, the hair doctor of Tommy Curran at 1-800-GET-HAIR. Tom is with us on the Harbor One Hotline. Tom, good afternoon. Good afternoon. Thank you for having me, boys. How are you? We're all right. Um, well, we're back into a game week once again. Uh, but as the sort of de facto second half of the season starts, Tommy, what's the objective for this team in the remaining seven games of the regular season? Maintain dignity, I think, <laughs> and maintain culture. I, there's an immense amount of uncertainty, I think, that accompanies a season like this that these coaches, the personnel department, the scouting department, um, all ancillary staff is probably experiencing right now. There's there's upheaval. And obviously on the field, that's the, the outgrowth of what the team is, I think, experiencing during the week. So if that one major performance can continue to have or begin to have, encouraging results at least and show that it's together i think that can filter back i mean the season's lost there's going to be significant change after the year but how does the season unfold over the last month and a half because really that's all there is left yeah and even when i hear you say maintain dignity i'm like man that's harder to do than i think uh like you know you're leading on to like because maintaining dignity means beating Tommy DeVito and the New York Giants with a uh, questionable quarterback situation. And I've said this. I still don't think we've hit the bottom. I don't think we've hit the bottom. I still think there's a a couple more floors for this team to go. Curious your thoughts on that. I really think that the football product on the field will help direct that one way or the other. And the uncertainty of quarterback this week, you know, we've had Bill this morning. He said, everybody has to be ready. I told the players they have to be ready, and I asked them, that's not answering the question as to whether or not you've made a decision. And he said, we'll see you on Sunday. They're going to have to tip their hand during practice. There's no way to divvy up first-team reps in a finite amount of practice time between what we suppose would be the three candidates, Greer, Jones, and Zappi. But if you're doing that throughout the week, who's ready to go? Because Zappi needs more reps if he's a starter than he would has been getting, and so would Will Greer. So really, who's the decision between? Is it between Mac and Zappi? To me, to maintain dignity, believe it or not, I think the easiest way to do that would be to trot Mac Jones out there again. Because because the disaster Stop that it. could ensue. Stop it. No. The disaster that, but the disaster that could ensue with a Zappi, Greer, or Malik Cunningham uh, could really reflect a level of, I mean, it could t- turn into Keystone Pops out there, which some, it just hasn't been that. There have been bad losses, but the last two losses were disgusting at the end, and they were bad. Oh, Never mind. I don't, Tom, I don't even, I don't believe you. 
I don't. I do. I'm. I am. I refuse to believe under any circumstances that Mac Jones starts in this game. You know, Keystone cops are not. We've been good, and and Tommy Christian and I have been going back and forth on this a little bit because we hear like with Kayshawn Booty, oh, you know, putting together the practices, almost like, hey, you're earning your way onto the field, kid. I I just look at Bailey Zappi and I think. How do you sell it to those guys other than, well, he's not Mac, so that's why we're putting him in there. It feels like landing on Mac is still the guy that gives you the best chance to win, does he not? Yeah, that's the sales pitch. He's not Mac. It's not anyone that you're putting up there because you think that player gives you a chance to win. It's just that it's not Mac, which is an insane place to be before <laughs> Thanksgiving. Insane, but but real, right? Real because again, it comes back to decisions made in the off season. You know, Brian Hoyer was jettisoned, and again, I'm not saying he was the end all be all, but it was pretty apparent throughout training camp that the Patriots needed a, a veteran backup because Zappy was performing so poorly. And I said that after the last preseason game, and even after they released Zappy and Malik Cunningham and showcased them to the league and said, anybody want them? No? All right, we'll take them back. They clearly showed that they didn't think that they were ready to, to you know, quarterback the team. And when Zappi has been out there, he's not performed in a way that gives you any kind of enthusiasm towards saying, okay, well, he's going to energize us. So to me, it's, it goes back to the overarching personnel and decision-making that has landed the team in this spot. Tommy Kern of NBC Sports Boston here with Gresham Fourier. I know there have been various reports on the locker room being out on Mac Jones. If that is the case, Tommy, isn't it up to the coaches to try to figure that out in practice so that you're not putting someone out there that people don't believe in? Or is that maybe kind of pumped up a little bit in terms of sort of what is being said? Because to me... If guys are completely out on Mac, they're not going to respond to the guy in any way that is positive, and it would be easy to be able to figure out where do you land on the whole locker room confidence level with Mac? I bet that you having played college football and and on the offensive line and Christian having played at receiver in the NFL would probably be able to answer it better than me. My suspicion is that the selling point is you're still earning a paycheck. You're still putting reps on film. Do your job. Are guys going to sit in the huddle and roll their eyes and go to their you know, position and carry out their assignment with less enthusiasm because it's Mac? As opposed to who? I mean, it's, it's not like they're keeping down you know, Mahomes back there or, or some other backup who inspires a level of confidence. So I, what do you guys think? Does, does it really... I mean, you do have to summon something within yourself when you're two and eight before Thanksgiving and your team's going nowhere and you might have an expiring contract, I think, to say, well, what am I playing for? So that's, that's, I think, a real thing. But do you guys think that that impacts performance? Do I think the quarterback – no, I don't think they go, I'm going to run a slower or drop this ball because I'm upset at Mac Jones. I don't think that right. happens, period. But I do think there is uh, a, a just like we we just can't play him anymore, and that's all I put it to. Like regardless, I don't believe anything that they're saying. I don't believe anything that they're yeah. saying because on one hand, Tom, you got Bill O'Brien saying, "Oh, you got to earn it." 
All right, so you're declaring that this is a competition. You got to earn it. Bill says late last week, it's all about deserve, right? You got to deserve. You're going to deserve what you get. And now he's saying, well, you know what? Uh, we'll, we'll, We'll see what happens on Sunday. So on Sunday, when they go out and to do their practice, you know, reps before the game starts, whoever takes the very first set of the very first play when they all come together as a team to do the offense versus defense, I guess you're assuming that's the starter, right? Yeah, I, I imagine we'll correct because you you won't they we'll won't get show a, you we'll anything. Get an indicator before that, right? They won't show you. Well, but how? How would practice you get an indicator? The no, they're not going to show you anything that, during I practice. Think Bill is, I think Bill is very much in hold my beer mode, and he has been for several years. You don't think I'll do this? You don't think I'll draft two guards and two kickers and no tackles? I'll do that. You don't think I'll move on from Jacoby Myers? You don't think I'll put a defensive coordinator out there as, as my offensive coordinator? Like Watch this. It seems like he's acting out. That's what it looks like to me. That's what my kids do. Oh, you know, you know, I'll do it. I'll do it right now. It's like a hot stove moment, right? Yeah, now you've learned your lesson, but he hasn't. I don't know. I just I would love to take some uh, side action on this with as far as who, who just um, they, the only play is Max not going to start. The only play is over on carries. <laughs> the oh, carries. On, on the running backs. No, that that yeah. there you're right because there's the bets that Fourier has at <laughs> FourierBet.com. Good at it, though, by the way, and uh, and then they're the the ones that are really out there. Uh, Tommy, you know, go ahead, Tom. Listen to this. Get this. Gresh, if it's third and eight and they're handing off, <laughs> that is a sign. That is a sign of no confidence. No, nah, very that, much so. To me, would to me would indicate okay, you're losing your dignity here. I mean, that's that to me. This performance, what you put on that's the field, when you, that's what the, when we, when we put a diaper on. When we finally put a diaper on, that's when I lose all my dignity. Like when I'm old enough what? and I cannot hold it in, that's me losing my dignity. So this is the Patriots offense putting a diaper on. So we're almost at the depends portion yes. of the Belichick yes. career here in New yes. England. Is that what you're saying? Uh, well, I'm just going off of what what uh, what Tom's <laughs> saying, you know. And I I agree with you. Third and eight run Michigan when they played against Penn State a couple weeks ago, they ran the ball on every single play in the second half. Tom, they said screw their offense. They can't throw it. They can't do this. Their strength was running the football. They have two of the best backs in the nation, the best offensive line. But that's not the Patriots, though. So third and eight means gain of four, bring out the punt team. It's pretty crazy. Hold my beer against Buffalo when they won 14 to 10. I mean, when they won 14 to 10, that was another hold my beer moment that worked out great in the wind at Buffalo. You don't think we we can run the ball all day? Hold my beer. Hold my beer. So, Tom, where are you right now on the Bill Belichick job security uh, is there job security here for him? Do you think this is already going down the road of everybody having discussions behind the scenes as to what to happen next? You know, I'm just curious as to where your temperature is on Bill maybe going somewhere else, getting traded, how it all sort of will play out over the next couple of weeks. And is there a way that both Bill and the Crafts, if it does heat up, is there a way they can keep it from becoming a distraction for this team this year? I think that depends on Bill. Interesting. I, I really do. It depends on Bill because, you know, teams two and eight, Robert Kraft is avoiding speaking at all to, to the media, you know, at the owners' meetings, at any other 
um, opportunities because there's no vote of confidence that can be given. And I think there is, as I've said before, an inevitability to a change at, at head coach. And does Bill sense that? And is he understanding of it? Or is he embittered at the notion that after all I've done, this is how it's going to end for me here? Okay, hold my beer. Um, <laughs> so uh. that, that it depends on Bill how how much dignity this season closes with depends on Bill, and I hope it closes without controversy and um, backbiting and backstabbing and you know, cloak and dagger negotiations with other teams about compensation. I really do. I I lived through it in uh, the late nineties and it was no fun to cover. Yeah. That will be the, uh, the fascinating part of it. Who, if there is going to be big change, who starts talking about it? Because you got other, other owners and other markets and things like that. And, it could really end up being fascinating. Tommy, it's interesting because the road I thought you were going to go down is, and we've been around long enough to know this, like when someone leaves the Red Sox, there would be the smear campaign. I hope we don't get any of that if there is a divorce at the end. Sadly, I think we will, but I hope it doesn't turn into the old, uh, well, this manager got shipped out because all this was going on that we didn't report in the paper. I think there's an inevitability to trying to find the black box and, and, explain reasons why things were as bad as they were. So I think that that is also inevitable too. I mean, so why, why did it come to this? What was the reasoning behind the scenes with disappointments about draft picks or free agent spending or the Brady departure or, you know, in the, in the facility temperament or anything like that. I think that there, there will inevitably be, you know, a further investigation because, you know, Bill has cast a long shadow and caused people to holster opinions within the organization over a long period of time. But again, he deserves, I think, despite the decline over the last few years to not be kicked in the ass on the way out the door by any stretch of the imagination. So I would hope that while we do do that, there's also an understanding and appreciation that, yeah, he was tough to deal with and he was a pain in the ass, but he also knew what he was doing and he, he made our football team and our Sundays and our falls and winters and summers really friggin' enjoyable because of a lot of the decisions that he made. And a lot of times, people that are successful are pains in the ass. There goes our friend Tom Kern of NBC Sports Boston. Tommy, thank you, buddy. Have a great Thanksgiving, and uh, we'll talk to you next week. Friend. Thanks, buddy. You too. See you guys.